All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. And we are excited to bring you our top five from our New Year's Eve countdown. Coming in at number five, one of the most energetic guests we've ever had, cryptozoology researcher and investigator from Bigfoot Anonymous, the one and only Connor Flynn. Check out Connor at facebook.com backslash Bigfoot Anonymous. Hundred percent. They're blind to it. They literally these creatures are right by them. They're probably preying on them, sucking the energy right from them, but they don't even know it. It's silly. There is more than three dimensions. There's more than what your eyes and ears pick up. You know, people just need to drink some mushroom tea or try some Lucy Leaf. Like, come on. There's energy all around us. We're all connected. You know, embrace the full moon and all the eclipses. There's a solar eclipse coming up. Believe in heaven. You know, not no artificial thing the Nazis set up. You know, I'm not big on NASA. I'm big on the soul. There's nothing that these professionals can tell me because I could point you in four directions that they already contradict themselves. So I don't have much for it. You know, they're the ones saying the mound builders don't exist. The giants never existed. Bigfoot doesn't. Well, there's proof. I have a book right here. It's called Truth Denied, The Genome Project. About 125 DNA samples. Scott Carpenter, he's from Tennessee, you know, right, right near us, of course, right in between us. He, he submitted like six or nine samples himself, but there's blood, saliva, hair, tons of different DNA samples. It always comes back unknown male and human female. So it's just the story of the Watchers and the Nephilim. You know, the ancient people traded this technology for the people. They these people from the sky came down and mated with the people of earth and made these creatures. And I don't think they're all abolished and abominable and horrible. They're, they have souls. They're, they're not horrible, you know, just, just like humans. There's, there's two sides to the coin, but it goes back to the ancient times and the DNA always comes back. They say it's contaminated human because it's human hybrid. They want these to be monkeys. The same people that were killing them in California tried selling that they're monkeys. That way it's not as bad if the story comes out. Oh yeah, they're just hunting animals, not they're killing people. You know, it's it's terrible. But I highly suggest people look into it. David Pilates, Scott, Par- Car- Scott Carpenter, Melba Ketchum. DNA has been captured. When people say, oh, there's no evidence, I just want to smack them across the face. I don't know if you guys saw on my profile, but a team member of mine actually found a giant bone. And I know you saw I saw a picture of it in you know, the Bigfoot book, but I have, you know, picture right here in color. And my friend Ronnie, who's going to be joining me at my table at InfinityCon, he's going to be bringing the giant bone in a glass case so people can check it out. The Discovery Channel has reached out to us, Coast to Coast wrote articles, uh, United Kingdom. It is the first metacarpal thumb bone. That small thumb bone at the bottom of your thumb, 
that bone is almost bigger than my entire thumb. So that creature is from 7 to 12 feet tall. And that's found right by a Native American mound right here in Florida. Just like thousands have already been found, like I've narrated, like the newspaper articles say, Instagram, Giants of Ancient America. He finds ancient articles, not even old ancient articles, like from the 1800s and early 1900s, talking about giant bones. Front page, back page, this decade, that decade, this city, that state, that country. It was just news back in the day before the Smithsonian and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. Come on, call up the Humboldt Museum tomorrow and ask them, where are the giant skulls? There's pictures online. There's pictures in person of the giant skulls that they used to display. Now there's new owners. They don't display them. Come on. Why are you, why are you erasing our history? You know, there's skulls with horns coming from the Susquehanna Valley. I wrote about the Susquehanna seal that I experienced when I was in Cooperstown when I was a young boy. Just strange, weird anomalies when you're on the river when you're a young kid. If you open yourself up to perception and dimensions and just energy, you'll soak in that, man. Like I said, these creatures surround people. I find, like, I watch my, my videos on 0 .5, 0 0.25 speed, and you find tons of crazy anomalies. And there's tons of pictures of symmetry in the forest. Like if you literally take a picture and then make it like fold it over, it has crazy images in it. Like nature has the answers. There's a ton of crazy experience now, experiments now that they uh, connect little instruments to, to, uh, to plants, you know, and they all have different noises. It's beautiful. Nature is always speaking. And us, our humans, as, you know, people that wear rubber on our shoes to divide us from Earth. God dang it. Like the Native Americans, they probably hear the chorus of language. But but us, wow, we we are so out of tune. I need to take my shoes off now. It makes me sick. It makes me sick wearing rubber on my shoes. Coming in at number four on the countdown is the award-winning author, columnist, and speaker, Becky Cook Armstrong. Becky is the author of the Bigfoot Lives in Idaho series, and you can check out all her books at beckycookonline.com. When I was a kid, I grew, I lived on the Fort Hall Choban Indian Reservation. Um, we're not native. But my my dad was actually born on that property on the reservation. So um, dad became a policeman with the Pocatello Police Force, which is the next biggest city to the south. And, but because we lived there on the reservation, he was often called out um, as the liaison officer. You know, if they just if they found something they couldn't handle, they'd call him as he was just right there. And my dad integrity and so much honesty that people just trust him that's just the way he is and hopefully they've gained i've gained that from him but he um it was when i was about four years old he was called out to help on this call where this bigfoot was trying to shake a a mobile home office foundation and at the time, a lot of the Indians didn't have, we're talking not even telephones, you know, and, and most of them still cooked on over a fire and, and, you know, talking almost third world country. But anyway, 
this Bigfoot was trying to shake the house off the foundation. And the people waited until the it circled the house and ran around the back. And they ran out and jumped in the car and went down to the police station. And the police sent out two cars with policemen. But by the time they got there, the, the Bigfoot was gone. But he had completely dismantled the pump house behind the house. So they found these great big enormous footprints in the mud and they followed them down the canal towards where we lived and they ran into this Bigfoot that was standing behind a bush, but it was head and shoulders above was just yelling at them. But the Indians disbelieve if they're not actively hurting anything, you just back off and leave them alone. So they did. They just backed off. And after a little bit, the Bigfoot wandered off and, and left the, out of that area. And I said, so what happened to the family? Um, and she, um, I actually, I actually heard the rest of the story. And that was really amazing to me. So, so that happened when I was four years old. And, and I started writing my first book in 2012. And I interviewed this lady and she said, so you don't know the rest of the story? And I said, no. And she said, I said, is there a rest of the story? And she said, yeah. She said that the man who lived in that trailer had taken a pot shot at, at a juvenile Bigfoot and drawn blood and didn't kill it. It just kept going. But two days later, here comes this Bigfoot that's just so angry. And I'm like, oh, so this is, this is mama. This is mama saying, leave my kid alone. And then I said, so what happened to this family? And she said, that man packed up his whole family and, and left the reservation and moved down to a different reservation because he was afraid that at some point in time, the Bigfoot would come back and cause some more grief and grief and pain. So as it happened, two days after that experience, we drove past that place. And my dad pointed it out to my mom and said, look, see, there's a pump house. And it was just in splinters all over the place. And I remember thinking, well, it's a Bigfoot, you know, because I didn't really know. And um, I keep hearing these stories from all over the reservation, all over different places, collecting them because they were fascinating to me because I have big feet. But my feet aren't big like that. <laughs> you know, um, then I found my a, a Bigfoot prince when I was 15, 16, somewhere right in there. Um, my neighbor actually found the prince and then we compared my feet to him and um, it, they were a good four inches longer than my feet are. So from there, it's just been a matter of, wow, this is, this is just amazing that there's beings out there that other people just don't run into apparently. So the kind of generic term is Bigfoot or Sasquatch, but every Indian tribe across the United States has a different name. The name that's in our area, I can't pronounce. <laughs> it's like it's like 20 syllables long, and it means um, meat eater or man eater, one of the two. The, um, the reason for that is... Um, Native Americans, when they name something, it's named because of something that they are seeing. That's part of their culture is um, when they look at something and they see it, they name it by what they're seeing. And so 
in our area, they've seen them eat meat, therefore they're the meat eaters. But if you go down a little su- southern into the, you know, southern Idaho, they talk about pine eaters because they've seen them eating pine pine nuts a lot. Wow, just what can I say about the following guest coming in at number three? Cheryl and Orville Murphy operate the Board Camp Crystal Mine in Arkansas. They've got everything from Bigfoots, crystals, UFO encounters, and more. Check them out at BoardCampCrystalMine.com. Here's Cheryl and Orville Murphy at number three. And you guys are the or- the owners, excuse me, of Board Camp Crystal Mine. So tell me how that all came to be. We bought the land and we're going to put in a campground. And while I'm taking the bulldozer and making a road because there is no roads, uh, I looked behind me and thought I broke all the glass off the bottom of the bulldozer. And come to find out, we cut through a big crystal vein. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So the um, all of a sudden we started getting visitations from a lot of the Native American tribes, and they're going, "This is sacred ground. Please don't, you know." And and so we started following their lead, and you know, thank God we did because they are so in tune with the earth. And now we have a a public dig site where you can only dig by hand. We don't. We're not destructive, and we even limit to how many people can dig per day. You don't want to take, you know, just to be taken. The earth will give you what you need. You just don't need it all at one time. And there's a lot of, we see a lot of, like, paranormal stuff, a lot of unexplained stuff. But, you know, crystals have a lot of built-in energy. And if you're not out there being destructive, you're not tearing up the energy. You're keeping it intact. And we believe in what we call the smarter way of digging. And smarter stands for sustainable mining and respecting the Earth's resources. Mm. So the Earth has a lot to give us. And if we just pace it out, there's enough for everybody. And we don't have to destroy everything to get to it. They and would. that's only the crystal aspect of the Board Camp Crystal Mine. The Native Americans, uh, like I said, it was sacred ground to them because of the natural energy that comes out of the ground. And, uh, you know, this is where the Native Americans came out and stuff. And they did a lot of communication with what they called the star people and the forest people. And that is just all kinds of exciting. Now that's uh, something that they that they still currently do. That's something that you guys take part in on your on your grounds. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. That so, that goes back. Uh, you know, we call them UFOs or aliens, but the natives called them star people, and then the Bigfoot type entities they called them the forest people or the keepers of the forest. And um, it's just so fascinating that we have learned all of this basically in the last uh, three years. Um, uh, if I can go into a little history, um, just real quick, um, we, we found the crystals, as Orville said, um, got our proper licensing to do the mining and we opened our mine in 2012. 
And um, Orville and I always loved uh, Twilight Zone and X Files. <laughs> you know, I mean, we were always loving that kind of stuff. But yeah, you and Tim would get along very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still watching, you know, the DVDs. So anyway, um, but uh, you know, personally, neither one of us ever had any weird experiences in our life. You know, um, I had friends growing up. A couple friends that said they'd seen ghosts, and I'm like, I believed them. Like, okay. You know, they were serious, and I believed them. I didn't think they were tricking me or anything. And but but it wasn't in my life, you know. And uh, you know, you hear stories over time. Uh, people have seen their guardian angels, all that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so so from 2012 to 17, we were doing our little business, and um, you know, we close in the winter so the earth can rest, and and you know, we just love, love taking care of the earth. We appreciate it. And um, we want to make a minimal impact that, that way. But uh, in uh, February of 2017, um, our uh, one of our adult sons came to visit us. He had just moved to Austin, Texas from California. And so he was closer and he came. And it was a lovely February night. It was actually warmer than this past February 18th by far. Um, and uh, we just walked out on our property a little ways and and, um, on the hill and kind of like we're looking over the property. Well, on the next little hill, um, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, we're looking at the stars and it's all pretty, but all of a sudden the horizon started to glow with this white light. And suddenly we all three saw like three huge beams of light appear to us on that hillside out of that white glow saw my son Orville and I saw these three huge white beams of light and they appeared to shoot up like about 300 feet into the air and they lasted about eight or ten seconds I mean we couldn't even speak we were so astounded and they were flat on the top and and a key point that we will talk about later or mention later is we all agreed that the lights were flat on top and we assumed that the lights came from the ground up Anyway, the lights disappeared after about eight or ten seconds, and we're like, what? What What the heck was that? Who's on our property with these massive spotlights? <laughs> and we're thinking deer hunters with, you know, but believe me, we're, we're ten miles out of, out of uh, town, and there's no highways or roads, you know, except the one out front, you know. Um, there's nothing back on our property that, that nothing like a vehicle cre- could create this or even a hunter's spotlight. There's no way. Another thing that was interesting is that we walked up to that hilltop where we saw the lights and we found some physical evidence left behind. Whoa. And that physical evidence was in the form of all the metal objects there were somehow affected. We had some fence posts that we drove into the ground. We had a little fencing around the area. Some of the fence posts were actually leaning. Okay. They weren't straight up and down anymore. They were leaning. Um, There was a huge metal sign that had stood there for five years, and not even the wind had knocked it over, and it was toppled over, okay? Um, And there was some, uh, like, hand uh, digging tools. Uh, Orville had been up there digging around once in a while, and he left his tools up there, and they were all strewn around. They weren't in the pile like we left them. So we're, like, scratching our heads going, like, wait a minute. You know, what? what is this? You know, I mean, this is weird. This is just too weird. So um, anyway, that's what actually attracted MUFON's attention. They came to do an investigation because of these metal objects. And 
gradually over time, you know, we're all kind of thinking like, is this some kind of a magnetic field that affected them? Um, possibly a craft actually came down or, or was hovering over the property and shooting these lights down, or maybe they were harvesting crystal energy. And then um, we had a guy who was a Bigfoot researcher. He heard about it and he came out and we walked with him through our woods. And we be- he began to point out to us, we had um, these tree arches. There's mm-hmm. a picture I gave you to look That's at. That's beautiful. Um, it's like, how do you, okay, go out in the woods next time or out in your yard. And if you have like a one inch sapling, just try to grab that kind of at the top oh. and bend it over. Right. They don't bend. Okay. Um, and, and anyway, we found several of these on our property over time. Um, we found other interesting tree markers or, or some of the branches of trees were actually twisted and so our friend who actually from Cherokee um, he was telling us about you know uh, the the Bigfoot tradition or the forest people they call them Um, we also found uh, not that same day but over you know a period of of a month or so we found rock stacks I've got two pictures there of rock stacks I'd like to say special thanks to all the unexplained ones for making our first year so amazing. We've had so much fun on this journey. We've made it up to the top 25 on the science podcast charts. We even got nominated for a podcast People's Choice Award. On behalf of CJ and Smitty, thank you. Please join us next time as we continue our countdown with the top two guests from COVID 2020 to December 2021. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. To help keep us going, please be sure to visit patreon.com backslash allthingsunexplained. Our Patreon patrons get early access to podcasts as well as exclusive audio and video clips. Or you can find us on Venmo under the business accounts. Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. Additionally, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained. To be continued.